CNBC really tro- uh, showed their true colors, uh, not in a flattering way at all. Not at all. Uh, most notably, uh, John Harwood and Becky Quick. I thought their conduct was reprehensible in terms of professional journalists asking questions and involved in, I mean, and I don't want to overstate it, but this is a, uh, a process or a part of a process that so much of the world envies if they understand it or would certainly envy if if uh, if they had an opportunity to actually see the extent to which we have an opportunity to to vet to sincerely vet and scrutinize candidates for public office and then place them in office that's the government of by and for the people so the the privilege of playing a part in that i think is something that ought to be taken seriously and there's just one i think uh, one just catastrophic goof after the other uh, or, or at least uh, a gross impropriety in terms of the demeanor and uh, overall deportment of the uh, the moderators. They were terrible. Right out of the gate, uh, John Harwood's question of Donald Trump uh, in the manner in which he editorialized along the way, uh, suggesting that uh, the success of his tax plan uh, was was no more likely than Mr. Trump's ability to fly away from that podium by flapping his arms. That that Does that fit in that conversation? Does that fit in a question? I certainly think not. And and by the way, I think hard questions are uh, incredibly beneficial. And the questions they asked last night were hard uh, and misguided. And I think the combination of those two factors put the candidates in a position. And, and the first one to seize the opportunity, frankly, was Ted Cruz. Put him in a position where he was able to just throw it right back on the deplorable manner in which they executed their duties. They being the... Uh, the uh, the moderators and then uh, and actually they didn't so much moderate his question um and then i think it kind of set the uh, the tone and the rest of the candidates jumped on and all of them scored tremendous points out of it uh, ironically that when, when uh, ted cruz uh first made his bold statement i think he actually dodged a a question there by the way but he he took very good advantage of that opportunity to throw it back in their face and gain something from it. From that point forward, I think others did uh, quite well uh, to, to follow. Uh, and I think the person who really distinguished himself last night was Marco Rubio. And, and I and I got to give Ted Cruz props too. I thought he did very 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 well. And and uh, Chris Christie seized the opportunity to to just kind of showcase in a very uh, regular guy, direct, blunt sort of way exactly how foolish and silly their line of questioning uh, was uh, and, and i thought the uh, it really set the uh, candidates up uh, to do very very well now i and i i look at this uh, last night's line of questioning and the tone and the the general um feel and flavor of what they were they the uh, the moderators or, or uh the inquisitioners i suppose were behaving and juxtapose that with the, the first debate, the Fox debate, in which uh, Megyn Kelly asked, I think, a hard uh, but, but very appropriate uh, question of Donald Trump and the way he reacted to that. Now, interestingly enough, uh, he was asked a hard question last night by, uh, who was it? It was Becky Quick, who, uh, who asked him about a position that he had taken at some point, and he denied having ever taken that, uh, that position. Uh, she, was, she was flummoxed and uh, could, could not compose herself quickly and said, well, where did I get that? And, of course, that set him up just to, uh, to put forth a, a great zinger one-liner saying, uh, I don't know, you, you're the, you write this stuff. Well, 
here's reality. She was right. The position that he had taken was posted on his website. But she didn't have the wherewithal and the level of preparation necessarily uh, to actually stick with the issues and be informed and prepared to ask hard questions with the ability to address the anticipated follow-up that would occur. She didn't do that. That's what anybody involved in the, executing that role would realize you have to do. If you're going to have a list of questions, and by the way, these are not just things that pop into their head as they arrived last night uh, at the facility. These were pre-scripted, pre-planned, uh, pre-established questions to which they should have been able to anticipate a response that would call for some, uh, some level of rebuttal. This being a classic example. And uh, while I think he, he won the uh, performance on the, uh, on the dais, and I don't know how many people listened to the whole debate, and maybe you missed out on the fact that, uh, that ultimately she was actually right. But because she was so ill-prepared, she couldn't put it together. And then, of course, uh, she asked uh, Dr. Carson questions about his tax plan and then engaged in an argument with him, uh, never really fully acknowledging the fact that uh, the, the, she's basing all of her position on, the, um, on the, the tax rate itself, not looking at the closing of loopholes and other... Uh, opportunities to increase revenue in the plan. And, and I think that their their role, frankly, is to, to let these people put forth a false narrative. They can certainly offer a respectful, uh, appropriate rebuttal and, and try to rein them back in. But to actually engage in a one-on-one -on -one debate between a moderator and a candidate, I, I think is extraordinarily poor form. And uh, in that case, I think his, uh, his position was right. And then... It was also uh, it was also Harwood who asked the question of Marco Rubio uh, about a very specific tax and revenue issue, uh, and then uh, Rubio subtly reminded him that look, Mr. Harwood, you you presented that once before and you had it corrected because you were wrong. Well, guess what? Harwood forgot about that, which suggests, in my mind at least, that maybe he doesn't do his own work, because ultimately a tweet was found in which he had to put forth a correction actually an apology for the position that he had previously asserted. So I think that the performance of, uh, of CNBC was deplorable, absolutely terrible, reprehensible in every sense of the term. But ultimately, the beneficiaries of their um, bad performance was, frankly, the candidates who had an opportunity to, uh, to actually put forth, I think, their uh, a very, very good uh, presentation and uh, I think every one of them, frankly, benefited, with the one exception. One guy who I believe was, was very much out of character last night, and I think he hurt himself. We're going to continue the conversation with your calls after this. Don't go away. But uh, what about the debate and the, uh, the campaign? Well, hey, what do you well, think? The first thing that struck me, uh, CNBC, if I remember right, they were actually such a bad uh, business channel that there was a point where they had such little uh, viewership yeah. that they were statistically uh, less than nobody was watching. Yeah. I, and, and if I remember right, they modeled themselves after Fox News. They were trying to cash in on, on the Fox model of, of uh, reporting. So it's kind of funny that the GOP would use them. Uh, they would allow them to uh, be their moderators. But the other thing is, you know, the, the GOP try to portray themselves as the masters of money that they're the honest businessmen that can run our lives better than anybody else and that they can run government like a business and that uh, running government like a business is supposed to be the way that America was founded. Well, everybody knows that's a lot of sack of hooey, yeah. but, but the other angle of it is is that 
if you really want to run uh, a business, you should be able to have, for example, a five-year business plan. Well, we haven't had a five-year no. business plan in 25 years. Or You're absolutely years. right. Now, let, me, let me just at least clarify from my perspective. Maybe it's a little bit of my bias here yeah, because it's my belief. Uh, government is not a business, and it really cannot effectively be run like a business because government doesn't produce a bottom line. But I believe business can function and flourish when it's not encumbered by government. So I think let business be run as business ought to be run. Let people who want to uh, take the risk of establishing a business and, and win or lose, uh, succeed or fail based upon their skill set and their resources, but let government provide those essential services which really truly come down to uh, protection of the citizenry. And then it, because of the way we've evolved as a society, there are some other uh, services that have become the expectation, even though they're not called for in the Constitution, obviously. But still, in terms of uh, transportation and education, it has evolved in that manner. And I know there's uh, people who see it tremendously differently. But yeah, you don't, want to those... run, you don't want to run your sewage system on a for-profit basis. You don't want to run your health department on a for-profit basis. You want no, your no, but, but, but your, your so point's owned. taken, and I think health services are absolutely better provided in the private sector. And I believe also there are a lot of utilities that do actually run uh, very successfully uh, as a private sector business. Not all, but, uh, but many do. So, yeah, I think the role of government used to be limited, but running government is not a business. And I think people who, who come from uh, the private sector with no governmental experience have a difficult time when you get into government because you're dealing with an entirely different set of circumstances in terms of how you operate and how you can operate. Same thing's true for people who come out of nothing but military experience, both of which, by the way, I think are very, very good experiences base, experience bases to have going into public policy. But in the military, the general barks the orders and the soldiers comply. There's no unions. There's, there's, uh, there's no collective bargaining. And it's a completely different uh, mindset and philosophy that exists. So I think there's a, a respect, a healthy respect for, or for business that, that needs to be a part of the equation and keep government out of that role to the extent possible, keep it minimized, and let, uh, let uh, business thrive. I appreciate the call, David, from San Francisco. Let's uh, go across the Golden Gate into Marin County and check in with Ron. Ron, good afternoon. Welcome to the conversation. No, no, thank you. Uh, hearing both of you, I, my points were, were taken. Oh. I focused on what uh, took place last night. And my, my stress is I don't hear the actual result-focused opinions of these people. I don't see them talking about the health issues or the causation of health issues if you eliminate certain causation like toxic waste exposure and consumer products, yeah. closed military bases and other areas, you would reduce health costs by a, by a figure that I can't even understand. Yeah. Because the reduction of causation of disease is a key factor to the cancers. There was, interestingly enough, Ron, there was one candidate that tried to bring up some of the basic causes of the, what he identified, I believe, as the four basic health conditions that cost an enormous amount of money and, and compromise health. That was Huckabee, but he couldn't get off the ground with it. You're talking about the environment and environmental issues, and I, and no, I understand. I'm talking about consumer products. I'm talking about if you buy a can and it lists the contents in it, if the contents that are toxic or any other level are lower than the, than the regulation requirement, they're not focused on. Yet they may buy you accumulate in your body and build up to the point of triggering your cancer or disease. That's where our problem is. Right. I, I, I understand and respect that as a priority for you, and I sincerely do. I'm not dismissing it for a moment. But in terms of what the American public is interested in, which is what is critical to the success of the campaign and the messaging for not only the candidates but the media, 
is is uh, is doesn't revolve around that. In fact, I'll tell you the top 25 uh, issues of concern: terrorism, the economy, jobs, education, social security, budget deficit, health care costs, Medicare, uh, reducing but, but crime, there, poor there and needy, jobs. military. Jobs are there if you go out and properly clean up the, the military bases that were fast-tracked where residentials are in there receiving the methane for the toxic waste sites that are sit there. Jobs are there for cleanup. Jobs are there for changing the regulations yeah. so that the low levels are found. There's plenty of jobs in doing the right thing. There's a lot of non-jobs in government and, and private sector profits yeah. from those people who were bought who actually represent us who actually influence the regulators who influence yep, I understand and I can I can hear your passion Ron and I appreciate it and respect it but frankly that's the American public's not interested I've got to point one thing out you're calling from Marin County you, you're, you're the one that you're, you're the people you're talking about the other media but you're the people who are there to help interest the public you have no public benefit interest or do you have a public of course benefit I do interest? of course I do that's why I saw your your call I saw the issues about what you want to speak and you got to the top of the list I absolutely do but I think it's also appropriate to note that this is about persuading people to vote in a particular direction and the, the masses again I told you right from the onset I appreciate and respect your position your passion for this but unfortunately the rest of the world doesn't have that and and again you're calling from Marin County how's the mass transportation in and out of the city from Marin County in the interest of protecting the environment. Well, that, the problem that's... right now, let me get right to you. The, the, there are, are transportation problems from uh, from all the way north of Marin down to San Francisco, yeah. and specifically from North Marin into San Rafael. <clears throat> and those problems are going to be enhanced and increased when Landfill 26, a military dump site on top of the soil with all the contents in it at Hamilton, yeah. at Hamilton Field that still exists, that sends methane out to the community, they want to put a recreational center on top of the toxic. Yeah, I understand all that. But the bottom line is the good folks in uh, Marin County don't want public transportation coming from the city. They refuse to allow BART into uh, Marin County. Uh, so they preach a good preach, but when it comes time to uh, actually adhering by their own philosophy, not so quick to do it. We're going to continue the conversation right after this. Don't go away. Which GOP presidential candidates will get a bounce from the latest debate? The KFBK Afternoon News, today at 4. Welcome back. Thanks for staying online. John McGinnis with you. And uh, I've got a couple other topics I want to touch on, but this uh, debate, I think, is very interesting. And uh, Ron from Moran, I mean, he's got something. Again, I don't, uh, I don't uh, diminish his uh, passion uh, about that which he holds dear. I respect that. But I also understand that if you rely solely upon the debates to get the word out, that's not going to work. It's just not going to happen. These are opportunities to hear what they have to say, how they respond to questions, their attitude, their demeanor. And if they're allowed to actually assert their position on the issues, the benefit from that, I think, actually comes when there's a fact-checking that takes place. And you can drill down and see, are they telling the truth or are they not? Uh, one of the things I couldn't help but notice last night was that I believe uh, Governor Bush from Florida, Jeb Bush, John Ellis Bush, uh, um, I'm absolutely, I can never prove this, and I'll never know the true answer to this question, but my firm belief is that he was told by consultants, you got to go out there and take, uh, got to take Rubio on. You got to, you got to go hit him hard. You got to whack him good. And he tried to do that. And it's not who he is. It's not in his character. And I thought he, he looked terrible, absolutely horrible in his uh, display and his, uh, and his attempted beat down on, uh, on Rubio. Rubio came back with, uh, with facts that were favorable to him, at least from the perspective of Governor Bush. And uh, he looked good. He looked uh, articulate and calm. And he even went so far as to say, I have nothing but respect for Governor Bush. I'm not running against him. I'm running for president. I thought the whole thing just uh, just played right into his 
hand to where uh, Senator Rubio looked very good, and I thought Bush was the uh, the one candidate last night that that, that actually harmed himself. Uh, I do see, however, the likelihood from this point that you'll see some drop out. I don't think it'll be Bush for a while. In fact, he may rally. You never know. He's got a tremendous uh, network and and uh, and did start out uh, rather healthy with money, uh, but that seems to be uh, uh, cooling off, tapering off as well. So. Let's get your calls. Uh, let's check in with Lewis in East Sacramento. Lewis, welcome to the conversation, sir. Thanks for hanging on. Hi, John. Hey, I want to congratulate you on handling your, your Bay Area caller there. That was <laughs> nicely doing. Well, you know, it's funny. Everybody thinks that um, the assertion is that I don't want to hear the other side. But I had one from San Francisco and one from Marin County. You can take it for granted. They're going to be the other side. No disrespect intended, our Bay Area friends. But right. uh, they get on the top. They got on ahead of you, Lewis, who I, who I always value. I like your uh, yeah. your uh, uh, analysis of things, and it typically matches mine. Yeah. So. Well, you know what? I didn't get to see it last night because I got to do something better. I got to go to my daughter's uh, high school chorus uh, concert last night. Yeah, that was better. I, I'll give it you that. It was better. But I did come home last night, and I watched some of the clips on, on replays. And, you know, John, quite honestly, I'm ready for this field to get trimmed down to for people, because I want to get into a little bit more specifics. I'm, I'm getting a little tired and irritated with the banter and the personality, uh, smart remarks back and forth to each other. I, I want people to start directing. I, I want those candidates to start um, answering questions that uh, are, are, are important, like our debt, like our national security, like jobs creation, about the the whole mess that Obamacare has become. You know, there's there's serious things that I, I, I share all that. At this right now, with everything that's happened, who do you think is going to be the nominee? I know it's kind of a stretch. We have a long time to go, but yeah, okay. Right now, at uh, uh -huh. three forty-four and sixteen seconds, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and this subject change, I wouldn't bet a nickel on it, uh, right. but I think probably Rubio. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm exactly thinking the same thing too. Okay. But but ask me at three fifty, and I might see right. a difference. <laughs> it's changing that quickly. Okay. Well, well, thanks for taking my hey, you, you bet. Thank you, Lewis. Always good to hear from you, sir. Let's uh, squeeze one more in before we change topics. Let's go to Julia in Sacramento. Julia, good afternoon.